and welcome to the eTech Podcast with me, your host, Ryan Morn. I have been involved in the development of electrified vehicles and machines since 2005 as an engineer and a business leader. This podcast is the product of my passion for electric and autonomous vehicle technology. I'm here to share knowledge from some of the world's leading experts, as well as my own insights. Join me as we accelerate the transition to cleaner, safer and smarter vehicles and grow the industry around the world. For today's show, I'm joined by Lars Stegman, who is the CEO at a fascinating company called CapEx. Uh, Welcome to the show, Lars. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I wonder if we could just start out by learning a little bit more about you and your background and how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Sure, yes. After university, I started in 1998 already in the passive electronic combined with power electronics uh, and joined this market quite a while ago, 25 years already. I was in contact with CapEx years before, around 2011. I met with the former CEO, Anthony Congratz, on different kind of trade shows or even events where we talk about technology and renewable energies and so on. In 2023, with the reason uh, Anthony retired, uh, they come along myself and ask myself if I'm interested to take this challenge and lead CapEx. And as I know this company, it's a fantastic company, I said, yes, yes, it's a challenge. It's good. <laughs> and, and are you an engineer by background? Is that your sort of training or are you more of a business person? Good question. I'm, I'm an engineer. I joined the university in, in Germany. I started in Germany and uh, finished this in Norway. Was it electronics that you studied at university? It was power electronics in, in, instead, let's say, in, indeed. I was concentrated on, on power. My background is uh, also in communication electronics, but in the university time, I joined mainly in power electronics. And I wonder if you could tell us about CapEx. What is it that the company is doing? A lot of people think CapEx is a startup company, just started in the market with their products, but but it's not. So going back in 1993, the first supercaps are, let's say, born and, and presented to the market as a brief product. Let's say CapEx is a, a spin-off out of the university in Australia. In 2000, the company really kicked off to start with established products into the market. That means we we, we know already or we think to know what we do and uh, (laughs) we made already our experience here. So we become an established leading supplier in this technology. Uh, on top of this, because we are a spin-off out of the university, we have a really strong IP position uh, with our technology. And is it a um, manufacturing business or are you sort of developing technology and, and licensing it to others? This makes it so interesting. Uh, um, you're totally right. We, we are manufacturer, of course. We, we do have these under own control. But by side of this, we have a very strong R&D section with our own PhDs who are working on science to try to develop and uh, improve our let's say, current products or develop further ideas in, in that uh, direction. And with these, during time, we also license uh, our IP to uh, manufacturings like Murata for small prisma, uh, prismatic uh, supercaps and also to uh, AVX or TDK. Oh, wow. So a bit of manufacturing and a bit of licensing as well. Exactly. This is the core of our, let's say, the core uh, 
idea of our company. So we have our own manufacturing, our own development, but also we license this to, yeah, let's let's call it a kind of competitors, right? Uh, business, I, I would call them market partners, business partners, because we are playing in the same in the same playground and same market. But uh, as you can imagine, uh, the others do have a really a big uh, sales force and uh, another market access than, than us. Yeah, well, they don't really, I mean, you mentioned a couple of pretty big names there, but in the world of capacitors, I'm not sure they get any bigger than Marata. They're um, an absolutely huge company make making a lot of an awful lot of passive components and things like that and one final question on the company whereabouts are you based yeah good question and many people do not think about but we are based in australia and uh, very close to sydney we call it let's say sydney but it's a town called uh, seven hills it's 30 kilometers 35 kilometers outside of uh, sydney very close, very convenient to reach from the airport, etc. So no, it's it's a very nice location, and a lot of people do not estimate uh, the industry which is established in Australia. Or always people think about holidays and uh, beaches and such kind of things. But no, it's not. Uh, there's also some business. Oh wow, okay. And personally, are are you in uh, Sydney? Is that that where you're you're uh, living? You know, um, in 2006, CapEx uh, got listed on the AIM, the alternative investment market on the London Stock Exchange. And uh, with this change in the CEO position, we want to make sure that the, the new CEO is closer to the stock market. So yeah. it's more reachable for our investors, uh, which most likely in Europe slash also New Zealand and Australia. But to be closer to the market, I fit exactly in this position um, because I I'm based in Hamburg. Most likely, I'm traveling, so I'm normally say I'm based in a in an airplane. <laughs> you made that comment before we started, but uh, it had didn't the relevance of that didn't quite drop until just now. We talk now a bit about actually just understanding what what, what the company does, and you know I, I think it's going to be helpful for people just to have a little quick recap on actually. What, what is it? What is a super cap? You know, when you say that, what, what, what do we mean? You know, everyone may remember the physics uh, lessons in school. Um, some hate it, some like it. Uh, and most likely during these times, you reach automatically the section of capacitors, which are the normal uh, energy, small energy storage. This is the main idea to keep um, uh, amount of energy uh, which are recharged very quickly and discharged very quickly as well. So with this super cup, as the name says, has more power density, but uh, the feature of the capacitor. So that means we, we, we get charged really quickly in milliseconds or even quicker, but discharge uh, controlled by software could be quick, but you could also control the discharge uh, by with your device. So this makes our technology so interesting, especially during this time where we do have this change in energy management, battery management, renewable energy, such kind of thematics. If if you had to kind of like in one sentence, might not be possible, but <laughs> could you try what is it that makes us a, a capacitor, a super capacitor, rather than just an ordinary capacitor? Is it the size or the capacity or the speed at which it can charge or 
Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a combination. <laughs> but you're you're right. It, it's a combination of all of this. Let's say the supercapacitors are able to store more energy in in that device than the capacitors do it normally, right? So if you have a normal capacitors running in in microfarads range, so we we dancing in farads, right? So microfarads, farads. This is our playground. So we are much bigger in the capacities and the normal capacitors. And is there a, a particular kind of construction or or sort of uh, chemistry that, I mean, a lot of listeners are from the electronics domain, so they'll be familiar with different kinds of capacitors and electrolytics and film capacitors and, and all that kind of thing. Is there a particular kind of uh, construction and, and uh, chemistry that defines your supercaps? Yeah, they, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of uh, suppliers on the market and uh, we we specify our products with our IPs and our technology. So we, we are concentrate on the electric double layer capacitors. This is the architecture we work with. Uh, gives us, based on the technology, a lower ESR, uh, higher voltage, higher capacity, and, and even with these, a wide range of temperature, right? So we start with minus 40 degrees and goes up to 85 with our high temperature supercaps. So this is a quite a good range where you, you can serve the market with with a lot of application, right? What what sort of applications are they? You know, are, are we finding super caps in kind of everyday products now, or is, is it sort of special applications? It, it could be in everyday's product. It's not yet there because the use of a normal battery, a coin cell battery, or other batteries are more easy and known. You know, the development of batteries in the market, the acceptance of a battery, for example, in your car on your mobile phone, it took took a while. It took time. This is all solved now, the, the technology of the batteries uh, becomes better, but there's still a gap to grid bridge uh, in energy. And this exactly is the bridge where we uh, enter into the market, which, which is our playground to focus on. So uh, for example, in a, in a car, we could take the, the peak loads to increase the battery life instead of um, get uh, these batteries damaged by too often use in, in the extreme moment, right? This is a big benefit of supercap. Another benefit is also we, we store our energy as a it's, a, it's a static charge, right? Whereas the battery use chemical reactions to store energies, right? So for example, if you want to chip any kind of device, you don't need to label this package. You don't need to fill any additional forms. So it makes the handling of the finished good, of the consumer goods or whatever, much, much more easier than it is today. You know, as we're kind of designing things like power converters and DC-DCs and traction inverters and things like that, I mean, those devices tend to have big capacitors in them for the DC link um, systems. Is is that kind of um, application one for where, where you might find a supercapacitor? It could be. Let's say it's obviously not uh, the main market because these capacitors as also in these devices you mentioned also fulfill other criteria. But it, it could combine easily with these kind of um, devices to store the energy 
and release energy in the next moment, whereas the battery is far too slow. I mean, you remember if you recharge your, your e-car, it needs a while, a minimum 40 minutes to reach 80% in, in average and a couple of hours if you want to recharge it for, for 100%. Maybe uh, this was not super correct in, in the charging process. And maybe someone say, no, no, my charging much faster. Yes, of course, the battery technology is improving. Um, but in, in Supercaps, we we talk about milliseconds to charge or up to seconds to charge it, but and to discharge it, so if necessary, right? We we used to hear about um, hybrid systems with batteries and supercapacitors together. Is is that more of the application then, more of a, a sort of hybrid energy storage? It could be in hybrid, like you said, if you uh, have um, kind of high constant power use, uh, like huge battery bank, uh, but to avoid to increase the battery bank too much, you try to filter out so to cut the peak out of these so you you put the combination of super caps in addition so this helps definitely but we also see application where we do replace or let's say uh, do the job as a battery like as in the consumer goods where the energy density obviously is not so in, intense. For example, a key fob in a car, how often you press a button in your key fob, right? Everyone think, uh, wow, it's it's quite often, but no, most most likely you, you, you open the car, you start your car, you stop your car. Most likely people park the car the whole day because they're in the office. So the use of a key fob, it's, it's obviously don't need a, a huge energy storage inside the key if you release uh, the key it's a it's a kind of peak it's it's a millisecond eh? maybe even less than a millisecond where you need this power and um, this is totally enough for us to use a super cap and with a super cap it's much more thinner lighter so the design of a key fob becomes more yeah, I, I would say sexy to the market, right? So you, the, the, the designer has all freedom now to, to get the shape done, make it much more thinner, even uh, like a, uh, let's say, credit card, you know. In that application, in, a, in something like a key, you need to have power over quite a long duration. So, you know, normally with a, if we think of capacitors, they, they sort of, you don't store energy for a long time, but are, are you you're able to store energy for or charge for a, a longer period of time and, and retain it, or do, does it uh, do you still have the same kind of issues in terms of losing charge? Uh, of course, I, I will not say we never lose the charge, right? You will lose charge somehow always uh, over uh, time, but uh, most likely we are able to keep this energy in super curves uh, very long. It depends on your usage out of these, right? As explained, if you if you press a button, if you press activate the key of the key fob, in this case, uh, it's it's just a yeah millisecond you you use this, and then release for a short moment the energy. But this is not the whole energy of your super cap, right? So you you still have amount left in your super cap. One of the other areas I remember people getting quite excited about super caps for or the other property was that they you know that with a battery in something like a, a construction machine or a um, commercial vehicle with a conventional lithium battery it was hard to achieve the lifetime 
that uh, the customer might want um, because the battery degraded uh, with time. In supercaps was were thought of, and I'm just kind of going back a few years now, but thought of as being a, t- a technology that could offer you more charge and discharge cycles on quite large systems. Is is that still an area that you see people working on? Yes, exactly. Um, this this area we called heavy vehicle off road, and um, you describe the use of the battery exactly. Let's say, and the main bottleneck is to um, charge and discharge this battery so frequently that even on top with the peak loads, you harm the batteries and need to exchange the batteries after a while. And here, the supercaps really help. So. For example, um, if your escalator turn in one direction by the diesel engine, but returned by battery slash uh, supercap section, this helps to bring your uh, fuel consumption already down by uh, 50% approximately. To do this only with batteries, it's not possible because the batteries are too slow to charge and too slow to get the, uh, give the energy back to the device. With a supercap, we are able to do so. So with a controlled mechanism, um, you're able to charge uh, on one way and discharge uh, if the escalator turns in the other direction, right? Right, right, and 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 have a much longer life li- lifetime, I guess, than um, as well than you would with a battery. That that kind of system. I mean, again, I'm going back a few years, but um, I remember those kind of things being very experimental concepts. Are they getting nearer to being in the market? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, there are uh, a lot of applications already in the market, especially in the high vehicle off-road devices or also more coming in, in the marine business because uh, what, what's happened in the construction markets and in these heavy vehicle markets, there's, there's a willingness to bring the emission down and become a green footprint. But in the marine market, there's a legal regulation now out which getting more more and more strong where the uh, shipyards and the owner of the ship fleets need to think about uh, the next step because they are not able to drive only on heavy diesel, let's say, <laughs> to bring the ship from A to B. So definitely it, uh, these are markets uh, where we are looking into, where we are into and happy to serve them, right? And this fits exactly in the current mindset because uh, we see us as a green technology because we support here the green technology the, uh, and, and we are environmental friendly with that. What is the biggest um, application today for the technology? Which is, is, is it in off-highway machines, is it in shipping or some other maybe much smaller device? Yeah, no, no, you, it, it's right. Like you mentioned, the marine vehicles are you can imagine the ferry is a quite huge <laughs> device which runs in combination with batteries and supercaps, but also um, heavy vehicle off-road devices are heavy devices. But you also can, if you are on the construction side, you also find our technology in the mining areas, let's say underground, where you try or you have to avoid any kind of emission because you need to save or protect your 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 people who are working day by day uh, underground, right? Are, are these 
all of the kind of hybrid energy storage system uh, nature or are there actually underground mining uh, machines running just solely on super caps? Yeah, step by step, we saw uh, we see already new developments in the market. We see already more and more the acceptance of this technology. You know, 10 years ago, it was seen, like you described it before, as a fancy it's a fancy new things which will not survive because there's a battery, we don't rely on batteries, et cetera, et cetera. So in, in our days, it's completely changed uh, the acceptance of a kind of battery combined with a super cap. These acceptance of this technology, it's much more higher than before. Um, that's why I say um, the time for super caps in the market, it's, it's quite right now. You, know, you mentioned that you're doing a lot of research and development in Sydney, taking the technology forwards. What, what are the kind of main areas that you're working on where you're developing the technology? So in general, let's say we, we start to get engaged with uh, several universities across the globe. So we, we really try to expand and, and build our network in these specific uh, technology. So, for example, we are engaged with uh, the university in Western Cape in, in, in South Africa. We are in, with the universities in, in Australia. We talk to universities in, in Canada, US. So all these are really progressing because if you combine the knowledge out of the universities, you get automatically uh, the next level uh, where you get use of uh, kind of different material mix. Uh, what it does for us, for CapEx, our products get more powerful. We, with our prosthetics, we are already uh, really the form form function factor. It's, it's, it's quite uh, unique. It's, it's light, it's thin. Uh, the application is easy to handle. And, and that's why it's a, this knowledge combined with our manufacturing background helps us to establish new products uh, regularly, right? Do you see things like product cost kind of optimization coming through there? Or are you still managing to... A capacitor is, you know, a very, very mature technology. And a supercapacitor, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I guess there's more opportunity to make supercapacitors better and improve them. Do you see big, big advancements coming potentially in things like performance and energy charge density, things like that. Yeah, exactly. With more acceptance in the market and with more application where our technology stepped in, this will lead automatically our production volume in another range on a higher level, which I like as an operation manager in, in, in this case, because with a higher output, with a regular production of one device, you also are able to optimize the cost, the cost structure, and in the end, the price into the market. So if maybe the super cups today are a little bit more expensive, this price will come down in a reasonable time, like we saw that on PV modules, uh, even the battery banks uh, becomes more reasonable today instead of Remember, 10, 15 years ago, a battery bank was the, the killer in a kind of energy storage. Today, you have kind of hybrid battery systems in off-highway underground mining, etc., as main kind of applications. I can imagine they're such big machines that, you know, you don't have to have much a big quantity of machines to have a lot of volume of product needed. Where do you see the business going in the future? 
What kind of applications do you think are coming through? At the moment, we, we see a huge interest in, like you said, in, in the automotive slash heavy vehicle market, in the marine market. But uh, we see upcoming projects in the medical market more and more where we really uh, work the interest and fulfill this specification. By side of these, uh, more and more consumer products jumps on these kind of energy storage on our super caps. The bottleneck, like we described before, the consumer products also under price pressure to sell their units into the markets. At the moment, we see us uh, more on the prime end consumer devices and not on the, let's say, cheap uh, mass market, let's say. You do see a transition going from, let's say, relatively niche applications like mining equipment into more mainstream like consumer electronics. Yeah, exactly. No, you you made it right. So on the automotive side, do you see the potential for supercaps to become integrated into more mainstream vehicles as well? Uh, yes, it, it starts already with with application which are used, for example, I, I mentioned key fobs before, but also tracking systems to track your your car device, where is it, where it is, uh, even let's say protect them for to get it done under the dashboard, such kind of application in your interior, inside the cars, our super clubs are already in use. So all these helps to bring the the future automotive car on the road, let's say, because it's a changing and challenging time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the biggest times of change ever for the market. So, so not necessarily traction battery or energy storage systems, but all, all kind of... Um, Lots of other places where you need um, energy storage on the on the the vehicle. So this this transition seems to be um, progressing nicely from niche applications into more more mainstream applications. Which is interesting. There's these two kind of different definitions that I hear a lot, and I'm just wondering what the difference is, or what you see the differences between what you would define as a supercapacitor, and then we see people talking about ultracapacitors quite quite a lot. What's the key difference between those two terms? Uh, in short, there's not a big difference, let's say. It's, uh, you know, the, the name Super Cup as well as Ultra Cup is not uh, protected or is not secured. So it's not a, it's a, not a trademark. So um, even people call, even we have customers who call our products Ultra Cup. You wonder if ultra capacitors or super, super capacitors in more mainstream automotive products um, this might become another big area where manufacturers need to have supply chain in, you know, in a similar way with batteries where actually it, it's, you need to have um, a very good supply chain that you can trust. And, and a lot of people are kind of bringing that kind of thing inside. Do, do you think that sort of thing will start to happen? Are, are super caps so, so critical that you will see, you know, big manufacturers bring that kind of thing in-house the supply chain is a general, let's say, headache. Science years in the market, you see this in the semiconductor market as well. The beauty on, on, on CapEx is we do have production in the southern of Australia, in Malaysia, but also in China, right? But, but more and more we see in the Western world, they, our customers are really looking and asking for country of origin not to be China. So that this helps to be in Malaysia and in Australia. So 
for this supply chain, especially, we are well prepared. What we did in 2020, we, we uh, acquired the production line from Murata to get a mass production in Seven Hills or in Australia done. So also here we used uh, the establishment and availability of a super modern full function production line to uh, bring it uh, down to southern of Australia to, to bring our uh, production state of the art. Looking forwards to the the future what 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 are you what have you got coming that you're most excited about over the next year or two first of all um the development doesn't stop let's say um so we you will hear in the, in the press uh, more closely we will close a couple of patents this year so th- this will be announced in december um we are on r and heavily on r and d um we are working on several cooperation with other app science companies to combine our uh, knowledge and our technology together to bring a, a unique product in 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 the market with this kind of development the the use of capex get more and more freedom and acceptance and we are able to uh, enter a new markets which we are may not in yet today but in the future it's more powerful maybe the the uh, energy density is higher more maybe the the storage time could be managed differently uh, what we did this year we launched a product with like a plug and play solution this already uh, change the market of usage, right? So you don't need an EMS, obviously, to bring a super cap on your board. It's just a connector and uh, you, you make it in plug and play. Don't think, don't calculate, just use this energy device, this super cap on your motherboard. Okay. So so making it more accessible, it's really interesting. And I remember, um, actually do remember working on a supercapacitor energy storage system many years ago. We had uh, some issues in terms of charge management. It's fair to say, <laughs> with that system, it, it could it could be a headache. But <laughs> we try to avoid this headache for our customers. Let's say, let's put it in this way. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is it's often the problem, isn't it, with technology? It's hard to integrate. So, kind of in order to facilitate the use of your technology, there's probably the same problems being solved over and over again by the end customers. That actually, if if you can provide a a simple way of them overcoming those challenges, a dev kit or a, a reference design or, you know, they, these things are common now, but it just helps make the technology easier to integrate. People don't buy technology, they buy solutions, I think is the... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, no, this is the, the way and the trend, like we love to think and we more and more want to offer into the market. Uh, the solution is the key. Uh, remember, if the first iPhone start into the market was with only a glass surface, no keys on anymore, and this was totally, let's say, new for either the user as well as the production line, because now it becomes more sensitive in, in this kind of surface how how you protect them. And um, this this is the same uh, we pass through with the supercaps at the moment. So there are more and more markets are opened. And as soon as we are able to serve the market as on our best, takes a headache from our customer, meets their needs, let's say, to make it easy to integrate. This is uh, the way we need to work and serve the markets. Do you think there's, there's a little bit, you know, like with battery systems, as, as lithium battery technology is developed, 
costs have come down. It's then opened up more applications where you can use battery technology and there becomes a bit of a virtuous cycle. Do you think for supercaps, you're, you're at that kind of inflection point now where you've got designed into enough applications, you're becoming more mainstream, the costs are going to start to come down, so then it can become even more mainstream, et cetera, et cetera. Do you, does it feel like you're kind of at that point? Yeah, but but on on the starting point, but yeah, exactly. You, you described it right. Let's say as soon as we are in more and more applications, this definitely helps to establish also this technology into the market in general. Yes, because it's really difficult. I know um, myself again, personal experience, but the products that you're dealing with take a long time to design and develop. You know, it, it's it's um, getting that um, those initial programs up and running, and you know to a point of maturity where volumes actually really start to kick in can be uh, very frustrating, to say the least. No, you're, you're right. But uh, if you're working in the passive electronic market, most likely it's like this. And uh, you start on a design endpoint. Yes? You're very early involved in the process. And this takes time because it's need to pass several steps with your customers. And uh, until it launched, let's say, in, in the mass production and into the market. So this could take time. So sometimes they are quick. Sometimes, you know, you need, especially for medical applications, you need to get several kind of approval process and so on. So uh, these need to be accepted. Luckily, we do have investors in our company who knows and understand this, this uh, market takes times. And uh, yeah, we, we, we try to speed this process up, but it's most likely not always in our hands, let's say. I know that feeling very well, very well indeed. Well, thank you very much, Lars, for taking that time out today to, um, to come, and, come and talk to us. It's, it's been really interesting learning a bit more about you and about CapEx and the kind of things that, that you guys are doing. Definitely a company to keep an eye on. What we'll do is we'll put some links down in the show notes so people can go down below and how you can find Lars, how you can find the company um, and get some more information. Uh, but uh, thank, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for your interview and have a good time. Huh? Thanks.